Fuck. Good morning. This is Northern Light for Tuesday, January 31st. I'm Monica Sandresky. And I'm Todd Moe. First Lady Jill Biden visited Fort Drum yesterday to hear from military families about challenges they face in finding jobs and child care. I met a teacher and she was saying how part of her paycheck every month goes into her retirement fund. But she never vests because she's never there long enough. So she loses all that money. And, you know, you can make sure that tonight when I go home, I'm going to say, Joe, this makes no sense. A legislative hearing on crime data revealed gaps in the state's methods of collecting information that make it harder to determine whether recent laws like bail reform are working as intended. You've seen people point to the same sets of numbers and draw completely different conclusions. Also coming up on the show, a former counselor who worked during the 1998 ice storm says she had to take care of her family as well as her clients. And there's a green comet streaking across our northern sky. Astronomer Eileen O'Donohue will give us some tips on how to see this once-in-a-lifetime cosmic visitor in the night sky. All that's coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Adirondack Foundation and the Adirondack Birth to Three Alliance, dedicated to providing all children the best possible start in life, adirondackbt3.org. And by Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, and financial planning solutions, longrunwealth.com. This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandresky. And I'm Todd Moe. First Lady Jill Biden was at Fort Drum yesterday to talk with military families about some of the unique challenges they face. Lucy Grindon was there and brings us this story. The First Lady has a project to support military families called the Joining Forces Initiative. She gave a short speech at a luncheon at the Fort Drum USO. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for what you do. Then she went from table to table, hearing from individuals about the challenges their families face. Afterward, she brought up some of the conversations she'd had in a brief panel discussion. Spousal employment came up again and again, and it is one of those issues that I really do understand as a working spouse. Military spouse employment is one of the three main focuses of joining forces. 22% of military spouses are unemployed. One reason for that is that most families relocate at least once every three years, and that creates a whole host of problems, which Dr. Biden got to hear about firsthand. I met a teacher, and, you know, of course, I'm a teacher myself, so she was saying how part of her paycheck every month, of course, as a teacher, goes into her retirement fund. Well, but she never vests because she's never there long enough, so she loses all that money. That makes no sense to me. And, you know, you can make sure that tonight when I go home, I'm going to say, Joe, this makes no sense. Reporters didn't get to ask her questions directly, but she did field one or two from the four-year-old she met at the South Riva Ridge Child Development Center. 
Joe's doing the line. <laughs> Service member parents I talked to said waiting lists to get into a child care center can be months long. Dr. Biden said child care is another main focus of the Joining Forces initiative, along with families' health and well-being. Lucy Grindon, North Country Public Radio, Fort Drum. Governor Kathy Hochul will deliver her annual state budget address tomorrow. She hinted at some of her priorities earlier this month during her State of the State speech. Among them were affordable housing, mental health care, and rural development. North Country Assemblyman Billy Jones says he'll be looking for specific details on funding for his district, which includes Plattsburgh, Malone, and the Tri Lakes. When we get down to what's in it, in the fine print, we'll know what we're dealing with. But I'll always be looking for what my constituents and my residents, what can help them with their day-to-day lives here in the North Country. Hochul has said her budget will not include a tax hike for New Yorkers. With high inflation and the country facing a possible recession, though, Hochul's budget director has described the current financial situation as, quote, extraordinarily challenging. All six people who died in the bus crash in St. Lawrence County last weekend were on the way to work at a solar farm. The accident happened just west of Messina around 6 a.m. on Saturday. A box truck collided with a small bus carrying the solar farm workers. According to the Watertown Daily Times, all six men died due to the blunt force trauma of the crash. Another person is in critical condition and two more were seriously injured. The men killed were employed by the solar company known as LBFNY, which has projects in Waddington, Madrid, and Shamo. Their names have not been released. The company told the Watertown Dimes it's planning a memorial service for the workers tomorrow. The National Transportation Safety Board is investigating the crash. A joint hearing yesterday by the New York State Legislature attempted to get to the truth of how the state's controversial 2019 bail reform laws have affected the state's crime rate. But those who testified, including the state's top criminal justice agency, revealed gaps in the way the data is collected that makes it difficult to reach conclusions. Karen DeWitt reports. Debate around the bail reform laws and other criminal justice changes enacted in the past few years by the Democratic-led state legislature and Democratic governors has become politically polarized, with Republicans saying the changes have led to a crime spike and the law should be rescinded. Democrats have said they need more data before making any major decisions about the laws. Senate Judiciary Chair Brad Hoylman-Siegel says the public has been bombarded with media campaigns that are based on fear-mongering. He quoted the late U.S. Senator from New York, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, saying the time has come to try to get accurate information. The past uh, elected official once said everyone, uh, from New York, once said everyone is entitled to their opinions, but not their own facts. And I hope we can uh, dig uh, down into the data today. Assembly Codes Committee Chair Jeffrey Dinowitz says what data has become available has been manipulated for political purposes. We've seen people point to the same sets of numbers and draw completely different conclusions. But it quickly became apparent that there are flaws in the data that is available from state agencies who collect those numbers. The head of the state's Division of Criminal Justice Services, Rosanna Rosado, began her testimony saying that New Yorkers have less to fear from crime than any other state. I want to highlight that New York remains the safest large state in the country 
and incarcerates the fewest people, according to the most recent national statistics. But under questioning from lawmakers, Rosado and her aides conceded that the federal government has not put out any comprehensive data comparing state-to-state crime rates since before 2020. The agency, known by its acronym DCJS, also collects data on arrest records and whether a defendant appears for a court date. They say there don't seem to be any differences since bail reform changes and that there are even some improvements when comparing court appearance rates between 2019 and 2021. Assembly Judiciary Chair Charles Levine asked Rosado about those numbers. It appears, based on what we know, that... The statistics for those who are released with bail or with conditions and those who are released without bail and without conditions or released on their own recognizance remain stable. Is that correct? Based on the data, yes. But the officials answering questions from other lawmakers say the agency does not count in those statistics people accused of crimes who do not show up for what's known as desk appearances. Those are issued for misdemeanors and some felony charges. The agency only begins counting after someone has come back on the required date and has been fingerprinted. DCJS officials testified that not all law enforcement agencies report their statistics to the agency, even though they're required by state statute to do so. Just days after the video was released showing Tyree Nichols being beaten by Memphis police, some lawmakers asked about statistics for the number of New Yorkers who died while being arrested. They were told by Rosado that the NYPD has not yet submitted those numbers to the agency. And Rosado says even when the agency gets those numbers, they are not broken down to show whether someone died while being arrested, only that they died while in police custody. The hearing comes as Governor Kathy Hochul is preparing to release her state budget plan. It will include more revisions to the state's bail reform laws, which have already been altered twice since the law took effect. Hochul wants to give judges more discretion to set bail in cases where people are charged with serious crimes. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. Good morning. It's 11 minutes past 8. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Just ahead, we'll look up at the midwinter sky with St. Lawrence astronomer Eileen O'Donohue. That conversation coming up in just a few minutes here on Northern Light. Music by Adrian Carr in Plattsburgh. You can check out more of his music. Part of our Underscore project online at ncpr.org slash underscore. 
Northern Light is supported by Citizen Advocates, offering the North Country mental health, addiction, and housing services, plus crisis care, job training, and more. Citizenadvocates.net slash 124. And by Pendragon Theater, presenting Honky Tonk Angels, a musical featuring country pop songs, playing February 1st through the 12th. Tickets at pendragontheater.org. New York State has approved a cannabis dispensary for the town of Plattsburgh. According to the Adirondack Daily Enterprise, North Country Roots does not have a physical location picked out yet, but Chairman Doug Butdorf says they plan to open on 420 for pickup and delivery to Essex, Franklin, and Clinton counties. They also plan to hire up to 25 full-time or 50 part-time staff. The State Cannabis Control Board has issued 66 adult recreational dispensaries licenses so far statewide, including one other in the North Country. The village of Potsdam is also considering rules to allow dispensary in town. St. Lawrence County is making efforts to warn residents about a recent scam targeting people who use food stamps. Karen Keldon of St. Lawrence County Department of Social Services says at least 25 users of SNAP or Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program have already fallen victim to the scam. There are two ways scammers might manipulate users to retrieve their PIN numbers and steal their benefits. Scammers may text a user's phone asking them to confirm their PIN number or in some cases attach a skimming device to a registers car, uh, registers card reader to collect personal information whenever someone swipes a SNAP card. During a disaster like the 1998 ice storm, there are all sorts of essential workers who need to stay on the job. Police officers, electricians, firefighters, EMTs, and mental health professionals. As part of our 25th anniversary coverage of the ice storm, Kara Chapman spoke with a former counselor who had to think about her clients even as the natural disaster was unfolding around her. Like many in the North Country, Donna Kassain and her family lost power during the 1998 ice storm. They had to stay with a relative who had a wood stove. They had to find a generator. But she and her co-workers at Citizen Advocates in Malone had to think about even more people than just their families. You know, it was difficult because in the work that we do, we needed to also make sure those that we serve out there on a daily basis for work were taken care of as well as taking care of your family and trying to just uh, maneuver all of that. At the time, Kassane oversaw Citizen Advocates' community-based services. Those included the organization's in-home case management and residential programs. Kassane says there were no in-clinic appointments during the ice storm. Once they realized how serious things were, counselors contacted their clients to make sure they had what they needed. Things like enough medication to make it through and to-go bags in case they needed to leave their homes quickly. You know, as trees are tumbling down, as wires are coming down, I think people just rush to get out of their homes. And so we tried to prepare folks to have a bag ready to do that, clothing, um, medication, eyeglasses, all the essential things that they might need. 25 years later, Kassane now works as Franklin County's manager. She says the emergency response and preparation are better across the board. Better technology to predict the weather, better communication with regional utilities, and a coordinated response across county government. Kassane says her time at Citizen Advocates helped prepare her to handle emergencies in her current role. I believe in risk reduction, and so I think that you'll look at a situation and you might not be able to eliminate the risk. So you need to 
try to figure out how to reduce risk. And so I take that approach um, when dealing with a, a crisis or emergency situation. The way Kassane sees it, it's not just those getting behavioral health treatment who need to be ready for emergencies. And I just think that everyone needs to prepare um, and, and sort of know, you know, who are their go-to people when they need assistance and to really have that bag ready to go in case you need to leave your home. And that could be due to anything, she says, not just an ice storm. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio. Listening to Northern Lights here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. In just a minute, astronomer Eileen O'Donohue shares tips for spotting a rare comet in the northern sky and other cosmic news. After that, stick around for Bird Note coming up after the show at 842. But first, Todd has a look at the weather for us. Yeah, not the best weather forecast for comet spotting. Unfortunately, clouds in the forecast today, tonight, tomorrow. Some scattered snow showers, uh, highs ranging from the mid-teens into the mid-20s. Milder spots include Glens Falls, Lake George, Sartor Springs, winds out of the west-northwest. Then tonight, lows dipping down into the teens. Maybe the single digits and some of the higher elevations overnight tonight and uh, tomorrow. The weather service says much the same. Some scattered snow showers and uh, highs tomorrow uh, in the 20s, 30s on Thursday. And then it's going to get cold. I'm talking temperatures, single digits maybe, maybe for Friday. Uh, below zero highs in the Adirondacks on Friday with winds out of the northwest and partly cloudy skies. So Comet C-2022-E3 is what we want to talk about with uh, Dr. Eileen O'Donohue this morning, who joins us uh, every so often, once a month, yeah, sometimes about. more. This yeah. is, I was here a couple of weeks ago, so this is, you know, a but this is brief. Big, this but is big this, news. Yeah, this comet is making big news, and but I would argue with that it's a once-in-a-lifetime. Ah, it's, okay. It's, it's. You know, it is exciting to have a comet, but it is not that bright, and it's hard to spot, particularly with clouds. Um, uh, but it is now uh, at naked eye visibility. That is that you you can see it um, without binoculars, but it's really hard to find. Now, I haven't yet found it because I gotta, I get up and I go out and look in my bathrobe, and it's cloudy. It's cloudy, right? Yes. And uh, so – but it it uh, it is exciting, and you can see photographs of it online. And yeah, it is green. And also, we've been hearing people say it's zipping across the sky. And well, it is. It's moving. zipping, but it's not like you have only one night to see it. Right? No, yeah. no, it's it's moving fairly dramatically now from night to night, um, so that over the next week, it's going to sink from. Oh, about halfway up in the sky down to the horizon. Hmm. So um, 
you need to we need to spot it as soon as we can, as soon as there's a clear morning, which, you know, looks like maybe Friday or Saturday when yeah. it's well below zero. Yeah. <laughs> That's when we get the best Cold skies. And of crisp course. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but the other problem is that the moon is getting brighter. So the moon is popping up. Uh it's uh let's see, it's gonna be full, I think, on Sunday. Mm. And so it's popping up. So on Saturday, the clouds, Friday and Saturday morning, the clouds might be abating, but the, the moon is bright. So we don't know if we'll see it. But do look online. Uh, astronomy picture of the day is a, a nice source. Uh, or if you just Google Comet, and they call it ZTF because it was actually discovered by the Zwicky Transient Facility at the Palomar Observatory. Fortunately, NASA and JPL have these uh, telescopes that are uh, dedicated to looking for objects that are moving in the sky. And that's really handy. That's how we knew about that asteroid that yeah, went move, zipping past the moving sun. Moving in our sky. direction, too. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so this is the facility. They scan night after night, compare photographs from night to night, and look for objects that change positions. Okay, so uh, where should we look? Where, we where? should look in the northern sky. Okay. So um, now in the morning, the northern sky, the Big Dipper is high, um, a little to the left of north with its handle pointing up. And so if you follow the um, the two stars in the end, at the end of the bowl of the Big Dipper, those are called the pointer stars because they point toward Polaris, uh-huh. the North Star, which is 44.6 degrees above our northern horizon. And so that's at the end of the handle of the Little Dipper, which arcs up and to the left toward the handle of the Big Dipper. And so there are two bright stars at the end of that bowl called the guard stars because they guard the pole. If you can find the little dipper and follow that arc that arcs to Polaris, that tomorrow morning will arc and kind of point that arc, if you continue it, will kind of point toward the comet. So, and then it sinks lower and lower. And the unfortunate thing is it is in the constellation of Camelopardalus. And nobody's heard of Camelopardalus <laughs> because it's the camel, but there are absolutely no bright stars in Camelopardalus. It is one of the blankest pieces of sky. So there aren't really any good guide stars. So with your binoculars, just kind of scan, you know, there's, we'll have, we, there's a, uh, diagrams on, I have a PowerPoint on my homepage, yeah. um, and, uh, uh, we're going to post it on NCPR, I, I hope, as a PDF uh, or a PowerPoint. And so you can get the finding chart. And you just got to kind of scan along that line if we got a clear sky. And uh, it's not – you're probably not going to see it as green. You're probably going to see a fuzzy blur. Fuzzy maybe, gray blur maybe. I don't know if you'll even see a hint of green. Oh. But the green is from all these carbon compounds. All right, cyanogen and diatomic carbon. So that's what makes it green. It's glowing with these carbon compounds, which, of course, were carbon-based life forms. Carbon is like the third most abundant element in the universe after hydrogen and helium. Are all comets green? Mm. Uh, No, some of them have different mixtures. It depends on the dust and the different gases. The comets are these... 
basically ice berms from about this time of year that are this fragile ice, maybe a little later when the sun is out and there are these fragile ice sculptures yeah. with dirt and grime and oil and gunk. Take one of those about the size of Mount Marcy and throw it out in the solar system and you got a comet. And uh, the reason we get those little structures is because the sun shines on the ice and it, it goes to gas. It evaporates. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It doesn't melt to water. And so when it goes to gas, it drags all this dust and gunk. And most dust in the universe is carbon. And so that's what we see. That's There's the always tail. some green, and it does have a tail because the dust and gunk le- gets left along its orbit. And that's what we see is the tail. Okay. And so the tail should point, as, as you look north, the point, tail should point to the left. So you will be able to see a tail. Probably. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah we hope. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, mostly on. a fuzzy blur with maybe a hint of a tail. It's not hail bop. I mean, this is not... Right. Well, yeah. yeah. And so we'll get another one. I mean, these things come around all the time. So So I like the I, I like your hint of finding the little dipper and then following that arc yeah. and it should pretty much point in the yeah. general for vicinity. a couple of days and yeah. then it sinks lower yeah. and it really zooms down toward the horizon. So if you got trees in your northern horizon, you know, you might have to go out to the road or something. And we're talking <laughs> morning. Morning, 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 5.45. Don't go out at midnight. No, no well, okay. it hasn't risen yet. Yeah, so, so. we're talking you early morning, folks. Yeah. Is this, you're going to get, you're in for a treat if we've right, got some. Right, right. Or drag yourself out of bed and go out there and with your binoculars and think how nice it will be when you crawl back in. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. So we have a comet. Um in yes, the, and the then we have, sky. we have Groundhog Day coming yeah, up. What is the, so Imbolc, is, Imbolc, Imbolc. Im, Im, Imbolc, I think oh, is Imbolc. how they say okay. it, Imbolc. Okay. And then it became Candlemas and because and, the church took over all the pagan holidays. And so uh, there was a, a, a poem in Scotland, if Candlemas be uh, clear and bright, winter will have another flight. If a Candlemas be gloom and black, it will Gee. carry away winter on its back. That sounds really like that. familiar. Yeah. yeah, and now we torture this rodent yeah. every year. Mm. And so uh, what? Uh, the reason that February 2nd is the day is because it's the cross-quarter day. It's the halfway day between the winter solstice and the uh, vernal equinox, the spring equinox. Now, the Celts and the Tibetans and some other cultures, they celebrate the first day of their season on the cross-quarter point. So for the Celts... The, the, Tomorrow. Yeah. The, for the Celts, um, uh, the vernal equinox is in the middle of spring, not the beginning of spring, because they go by the light. The weather in Ireland is always cold and rainy. <laughs> you can't go by the weather. You go by the light. And that's why we, why we celebrate this. And it's an ancient, ancient holiday. You know, the other one we celebrate is uh, in the fall. And it was called Samhain, and that became oh. All Hallows' Halloween. Eve. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, yes. so you're saying tomorrow, in the Celtic tradition, it's the start of spring. The second isn't today. Oh, the I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, the, the second, second, February second. Yeah, the first day of spring. Groundhog yeah, so Day. So, yeah. I have a Celtic heritage. You may yeah. tell from my name. So, yeah. I celebrate the first day of spring tomorrow. Wow. And then I take the first day of summer as the Celtic start, which is on May first, May, May Day. May Day. 
And then since I was raised under the Gregorian calendar, I go at, at, back to that for fall and winter. So I have only I only have six weeks of winter and 18 weeks of summer every year. And since our seasons are culturally defined, I invite you all to join me in this. <laughs> Indeed, we will. Well, okay, Eileen Adonahue, thank you so much. And we, we're going to post this uh, a diagram that you sent us yep. uh, on There's our website. There's a whole PowerPoint. It shows you... Uh, a view of the solar system and the comet's path through the solar system. So there's a few diagrams in there. So go from page to page. Well, thank you so much for it's joining us. It's always a gas. And uh, uh, happy Imolk, uh, almost almost spring yes, in the next help, couple of days. Welcome to Celtic spring. And, and uh, you know, we'll hope that Puxatani does not see a shadow. <laughs> Thanks, Eileen. Eileen O'Donohue teaches physics and astronomy at St. Lawrence University and joins us from time to time to talk about what's up in the night and morning skies. Indeed. And now, that's it for the show. Morning Edition continues in just a couple of minutes. After that, stick around for the Marketplace Morning Report between 8.51 and 9 o'clock, where you'll get caught up on all the morning's business news. Then at lunchtime, join us for a conversation with actress Lizzie Kaplan. You might know her from the FX series Fleischman is in Trouble, about marriage, parenthood, career, and middle age. Her other films and TV shows include Mean Girls, Freaks and Geeks, where I know her, and Inside Job. She's nominated for an Emmy for her work in the series, Masters of Sex, and she'll be in conversation with Terry Gross at lunchtime today between noon and 1 o'clock right here on North Country Public Radio. Keep up with us throughout the day on NCPR's Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us, news at ncpr.org. Our theme music is by Danny Thomas, who lives here in Canton. Until tomorrow, I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandresky. Be well.